from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. And today I'm very pleased to have with me Tina. Tina, she's joining me from Bali actually. Tina, the way I like to start, um, I don't do an introduction about the guest. I prefer the guests, they introduce themselves. So the floor is yours. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Tina. I'm from Germany, but based in Bali. And I run a coaching business and a software business. So yeah, I've built a six-figure business organically in my first year. So if anyone is interested in learning about that, we're probably going to talk about building organic uh building an audience organically and selling organically before you spend money on ads. Um, so yeah, help people to launch their online courses and coaching programs and service packages. And then we help them build funnels and set up lead generation systems and things like that. I also That's... write for... Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah. I also write for entrepreneur.com and uh, many other publications out there, which you may know of Addicted to Success or CEO World Magazine and things like that. So... That's it about me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Welcome on the show, Tina. It's nice to see you here today. Now, my first question is, you know, what drove you to, to, to be in this space? Because the coaching space and, you know, you know, we see a lot of coaches, mentors. Um, so what drove you to start this business? And then if you can tell us a little bit also about the system I mean, you said you have the software part of also as well. So if you can tell us about that and how yeah. it relates to the, to the coaching, um, which you are in. Okay. So first question was, how did I get into it? Yes. Um, why did I get into it? Yeah. Because, um, I was actually running a company here on the ground, which was a tour company in Bali and I ended up relying on so many different factors, um, outside factors which dictated whether I will make money or not, you know, like volcano eruptions or flight delays or um, many other things like the team. I've built a really big team in Bali of tour guides and drivers and this and that. And I ended up with all these people. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I actually don't want to do this. You know, I, I want to stay smaller-ish. I don't want to run a really big company in a third world country where it's 10 times more difficult, I would say, than running to a company in an in the first world country, for example, because I did that before as well in the UK. And uh, yeah, I decided to step back from that. And I looked at all the things I've done in the past and I'd uh, published a few digital products and I looked back at what do I want in my life and what can I do? What had, have I succeeded in before and what can I teach other people to do too? So the location independence was really, really important to me. Um, that kind of like lifestyle business sort of thing. And that's why I then got back into um, selling digital products uh, online because that's 
all the benefits which it brings with it. I was after those, after my experiences here in Bali. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. So now, Tina, we know like when you start any business, whether it's in tech or any other thing or digital products, um, you're exper experienced in it as well. Um, the important aspect, of course, is to start getting clients, right? And um, so you say that you create free funnels. Can you explain what exactly that entails and how it benefits not only, you know, the coaches, but you know, also consultants, online entrepreneurs, and anyone sure. who's interested in starting a business online? Sure. Yes. So the software we, we sell, everyone can use it. As you said, it's like an all in one platform, which replaces all the different subscriptions out there. So, and funnel building is one big part of it. So it replaces click funnels and is a lot better than click funnels, for example. Right. And yes, getting clients is obviously a um, very important step in your business. Otherwise you don't really have a business. Right. So the way I teach this is to sell your products before you create them in the first place, specifically when it comes to online courses, because yeah, you don't need to put in the effort of weeks and months of creating products nobody has bought from you before. So I teach people how to sell those beforehand and we use funnels to do that. We help them to build free funnels as well. Meaning, well, let's just define real quick what is a funnel, right? Somebody comes mm -hmm. in in the front and you capture their lead, their email address and or their phone number. I suggest both because then you can call them and send them SMS and things like that, which increases open rate and conversion in general. So, you just really build your email list with a freebie funnel, for example. Then in the back end, you nurture them. Nurturing means you send out an email every day or every few days or maybe at least once a week. Nurturing them with some specific content related to that particular niche, preferably targeting their pain points and their obstacles and trying to already destroy those obstacles within that evergreen funnel. By evergreen funnel, I mean this email sequence goes out all the time. It's not an ex there's no expiration date on it like, hey, this is a Christmas promotion and it ends after Christmas, right? This is like an evergreen ongoing email sequence. And whenever you're ready to launch or when, depending on how your sequence goes really. So either you want to launch and you want to warm up your people for conversion event. This could be a, anything like that, a masterclass. Then you run it live and you close from there. Or if you want to do it a bit more, uh, less emotionally overwhelming because launches are typically because they go on for like six, seven, eight weeks, right? You've really got to put all the effort and the energy in you have. So if you don't want to do launches, you can um, then build up a funnel. Let's say it's called funnel. Like you still send those emails in the back end, which I just mentioned earlier, but the call mm -hmm. to action is a little bit different and you get people on the call. Depending on the price point as well, let's say you sell low ticket, low ticket is considered anything below $2,000 and high ticket is considered everything above that in our world, in the coaching, consulting industry, right? And yeah, if it's above 2000, uh, you got to put some FaceTime in and speak to the people over Zoom or over the phone. Then the call to action in the funnel is book a call and you take it from there. So yeah, yeah back that, to, yeah. That, that's that's a great explanation, I would say. Now, the question is, do you think this applies, the, the concept that you just mentioned, does it apply only for coaches or can it be applied, you know, for maybe someone who's um, a consultant, let's say, you know? Sure, um, same thing. Same yeah. thing. Same thing for consultants, for people who provide done-for-you services. This kind of funnel or this kind of like strategy works for everyone, really. 
who is selling anything online because price point is the same. The way you handle people is the same, right? So it doesn't matter if you label yourself as a course creator or a coach or a consultant or a done-for-you service provider or a service provider. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, usually when someone starts or come up with an idea like what you have done, Tina, uh, it's because there, there was a pain point or maybe people didn't even know that there's a pain point and then you solve it, right? So this is what I'm interested in, in hearing from you. Like what was, you know, the moment that you said, okay, there's something wrong going on, you know, in this, we need to change. So what was, I would say that the, you know, the thing that ticked yeah. in your mind to do, to start this system or to build this system? Yeah, there's loads there because I made all these mistakes before as well. So, you know, I am kind of like my target audience. So I know exactly what went wrong, what most people still do wrong in the industry. The first thing, first off, is they create a product before they've sold it, before they've launched it. That's mistake number one. Because the only way you can actually create a really great product is, well, first of all, you get the validation from the marketplace. If they vote with their credit card, if they say, hey, I want to buy this thing, then you get like, you can there's actually people who will pay me for this particular thing, right? Mm-hmm. Once, you have, once you've done that, then you really want to build the product according to, the, with the feedback. Let's say you're starting out first, right? Like, and you have um, your first beta running, implement the feedback you're getting from your students right away. And this way you create a really great product, not just a good and average one, what you think as the expert needs to go in there. Because if you're the expert, right? You, you probably have really had in a journey and you may just forget little small details, which makes or breaks it for the student, like which helps them to connect those, those neurons, right? It helps them to understand the whole thing. And you will be reminded on that what is missing because they will tell you in the beta round. They will tell you once, once you run the first few rounds of this particular product, right? Or if you sell the service package or the consultant package or whatever, they will tell you what they need. So it's got to be a mix of both, what you as the expert know, what they need, and also what they're asking for. This way, you create a really great scalable product, okay? Mm-hmm. So that was the first pro, uh, uh, issue here, people crafting their service packages and creating their digital content and so on before they've even uh, sold it. Um, then, because they obviously didn't know, or I didn't know, and many people also don't know how to sell it online, how to actually run a full-fledged launch, right? And the difference here is between launching and constantly selling one by one, for example, right? If you run a launch, um, a three-day challenge or webinar, you have a large intake of clients at once. It's a quick cash injection all at once. But then after that, what happens then? You got to have things implemented, which bring in that consistent cash as well. Right, so a launch can be quite time-consuming and it's exhausting. So you can't run one launch. You could for some time, but after that, you're exhausted. So you ideally want to have both things in place. So then the consistency comes then in with bringing people on the call, selling in the M's. However, you decide to really sell. I think it really also depends on your lifestyle how you want to do it. Do you want to take sales calls, or are you maybe a busy father or a busy mom who also looks after their children simultaneously and you don't want to take calls then maybe lower your price and just sell over the m's things like that back to the question the main first point is um, not really nailing down um, the messaging and then also creating the product before they've sold it and then creating it you know the wrong way 
people wouldn't benefit as much from it as if they would create it with them together with their feedback together. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to say something? Oh, there's loads of more problems I can mention, but that's really when they start. If you want me to dive into a specific problem in a specific, uh, you know, space in the journey where they're at, I can do that. Yeah. And um, just quick note from my side, you know, and the reason I ask you this question, because on the show, what I try to do is, although like it's a CTO show, but again, it's regarding the entrepreneurship and startups. And I wanted to, and you, you highlighted it very well, you know, the, the pain points or the problem that you spotted. So you, you decided to start this business, which is fantastic. Now, to, to that little bit deep dive, if you want to say, but I will ask it in a different. So where do you see the critical, uh, you know, elements uh, of successful online course yeah. launching? Mm -hmm. What are the, you know, the main, the main, um, I would say challenges. Tech, the back end of the back end people, just most people don't have a back end funnel set up. I don't see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so, sorry. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Okay. Um, yeah. So people don't have an evergreen, uh, back, back end funnel set up. The back end side is just missing. Here's some numbers for you guys to understand. So if people come in in the front end to you. 50% of those people will buy and 50% will never buy. Let's focus on the 50% which will buy. 15, 1, 5 are ready to buy right now. 85% of those people will buy in the next 60 or 90 days or later. So here's the problem. If you don't have this nurturing sequence set up, for example, you've just wasted so much resources, time, money, and effort to build that list to get those leads in but then they're getting called immediately again because you don't have any nurture sequence set up in the, in the back end. So you really, you could have made 85% more money, but right now you just got the 15% of the people who are ready right now and you just let the 85% go. Mm. That's one of the other main issues I see over and over and over again in the industry. People just don't have that set up. Okay. People just, many people just don't understand these numbers and they think, oh, because they didn't buy now, well, let's focus on generating more leads well that doesn't mean the leads you have now are never going to buy just implement you know really implement these nurture sequences and things so that you can benefit from it later on too mm -hmm. this is this is also like uh, enlightening i would say um now one one other thing i want to ask you like you mentioned putting a goal right so and this is um it was a coincidence maybe seen maybe a tweet today earlier in the morning, um, mentioning about, you know, defining a goal for yourself, right? So do you prefer that they should set up a number of students or clients or whatever, because they might be launching a course, they might be launching a business, they might be launching a service, whatever. So do you see the goal setting here as a number? of who can I use the service or as a number in the sense of, let's say, this amount of money per month. Mm -hmm. When do you see the best pros to do this? Good question. Definitely you have to set the goal. Otherwise, where, where, where would you go? Like you're kind of like lost. You don't know the next thing to do. So the way I teach it to my students is 
we have a six to 12 months goal, but also we break it down into smaller goals like quarterly three months because so many things can change in only four, five, six months. And then we go back and we adjust the goals. Typically, um, one of my programs is, for example, five-figure launches. People come in for a few weeks. They learn how to have five-figure launches. Um, and so we will teach them the financial formula, which is set your goal. How much money do you want to make with one launch? Because it's all organically, right? If you master it once organically, you can go 10x and then just add uh, paid ads to the mix and make it really big, right? So yeah, how much money do you want to make and how many people do you want to impact? So financial goal and impact goal, okay? Depending on your depending on your price point of your consulting package or service package or course, whatever it is that you're selling, you can sell anything in the back of a launch, right? Um, you can just make the easy math, okay? Conversion rate is between two and five percent in challenges or webinars, right? And then calculate from there how many conversions do you need and how big does my email list to be needs to be in order to get hit that five-figure launch, right? But then, as I said, right, quick cash injection, what do you do? You want to get to those consistent 10K months, for example. You got to implement different strategies. Of course, you have to have the goal because you need to know what kind of strategies to implement. Depending on your goal, the strategies will be different. What gets you to six figures will not get you to seven figures, right? So, but people who are just starting, for example, they don't need to worry about paid ads. They don't need to worry about strategies that seven-figure goal people would implement. For example, building teams, implementing paid ads, things like that. If you are below the seven-figure range, then there's other things we need to do before that. So yeah, okay. setting goals is very important. Knowing your North Star, where do you want to go? Where do you want to lead your company? What is your vision? What is your drive behind the whole thing because if you lose that out of sight like I think it's so important to keep your why in front of you at all the times because times sometimes will be tough let's face it like this is business right so you, yeah. you gotta remind yourself why am I doing this then if you don't have this why if you don't know where you're going may, may you be driven by financial goals or impact goals whatever your goals is it doesn't matter for you personally you need to just know it and remind yourself on when times are tough hey Remember, you can get through this. You know, I will have much bigger problems if I don't. Just remember, remind yourself on this. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, like it's, I like the goal setting approach usually. I mean, in a sense of the why, right? So why you're doing this, whatever business you're starting, especially we see founders in tech probably and in consultancy that, yeah, okay, let's, let's start this business. Because why? Because, yeah, it's a successful business. But Okay, how do we find success? So this is why it's very important to to put such goals, or let's say to put these. Uh, you want to call them calibers, you want to call them KPIs. Like people put different names, but they are simply, you know, answers to why. And again, very informative. Say the way you, you describe. Now, I want to come back and little bit highlight this because. People who are starting any business or they have an idea they want to, to launch it. They have a service they want to launch. It. They have something that they want to create a coaching package around it. Doesn't matter. It applies in all cases, in my opinion. They have some, I would say, maybe lack of knowledge about, you know, marketing, right? And go to market. And you mentioned that it's important to focus on organic traffic before spending money on ads. 
Why you think so? Because um, if you're just starting, you've never put out your message before, you've not sold it, why would you go and waste money on ads? Because Facebook, YouTube, whatever platform you could spend money on ads, acts like a black hole first. Like they go out and they test it as well. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Right. If you put out posts and you're messaging on social media organically and it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> so why not test it out before? Because before you hit 10K months, all of these foundational things are not set in place. Your messaging is not right. You're not t uh, talking to your ideal customer avatar specifically. Who even is your ideal customer avatar, right? I see people in the industry running ads to their Instagram accounts to just build followers without even having set up an opt-in link on their Instagram account. Then you see the website and they speak to all sorts of different people offering all sorts of different things. And they wonder why nobody's buying. Well, because everyone is confused looking at your messaging because you try to speak to everyone. If you speak to everyone, you speak to no one, unfortunately. But people will buy from you if they feel like you understand their problem the best. People will mm -hmm. not buy from the person who has the better product. That's the very interesting thing. Let's say here is person number one selling a consulting package on the same topic as person number two. But person number one has more inclusions to... The, the whole quality is better, better case studies, everything is better. But the person number two, the coach or consultant number two, addresses the pain points so much better in their marketing. They talk directly to the customer avatar and the customer avatar feels understood. That's what it's really about, right? People want to feel, uh, people want to be heard, seen and understood. If you can master this in your marketing, you will always sell more than the person who has a better product. Mm -hmm. Yes, you touch on a very good point here. And we see this mistake comes again and again of people thinking of um, the volume versus quality or quantity versus quality. And I think what you just mentioned about filling the right avatar or what we call it sometimes your ICP uh, or some people, they call it like USP, right? So whatever you want. So it's like I, your uh, uh, ideal customer profile or the ultimate selling uh, profile. So all these are important in my opinion. And we see, and by the way, funny enough, this happens across the board. Like it applies mm -hmm. to not only what you do, Tina, like, I mean, you focus on consultants and coaches, but it happens also with, with other founders who go with a B2C product or they go with a B2B product. And because they think that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm doing something cool. So people would be interested to talk to me, which is not the case. We, we see this again and again. Now, shifting gears a little bit, um, you mentioned when you introduced yourself that you, you've been like a kind of nomad, I would say. So I'm interested to ask your opinion about, you know, this movement that we started to see, it's not something new. It started a couple of years back, maybe more than 10 years. Now we are seeing more and more people, you know, they are aiming to become solopreneurs. They want to do sure. this one man business. Tell me more about that and your experience and what you would tell somebody who is thinking or she's thinking of. of. Sure. I think there's two sides of uh, to this thing. It's like maybe, yes, solopreneur, but also the location-independent freedom, right? So I really wanted to have that. 
And that ties back to, you mentioned success earlier. So I actually also wanted to touch a little bit on that. So yeah, sure. define, define for yourself, what does success mean? To me, success means I can go wherever, whenever I want without being tied to my desk to work or whatever, because I can also work. I can go fly back to Germany and look after my parents um, if they need me and then keep working from their house because I can, because I have set up intentionally my business in a way that I can do so when it's time, right? Um, and I've actually had to do this last year. So my auntie, for example, wasn't well and I went there for three months and looked after her because I could, because I've set up my business in a way, right? If I would be stuck with a big team in the cubicle or with a set location somewhere, it would be very, very tough to leave for three months and, and try to keep the party going. Right. So for me, success means that, that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, if I need to, if I want to. Right. So for other people, success could look very different. They want to build a big organization and a big firm with loads of people and have a big team and things like that. That's just not me. For me, for example, I'm happy with myself as a solopreneur with a few contractors and a little tiny team behind me who do different things like video editing and tech support and things like that. Right. So I don't want to have a big corporate, a big, big company. That's what success means to me. And I think um, in the nomad, specifically after COVID though, like many people before it was like, oh my God, you're doing this thing. How are you going to do it? But I think since COVID hit and so many people needed to work from home, it's a bit more normalized. And now they're like, oh, that was actually pretty cool. I just want to keep doing that. Like it's um, a bit more accepted and a bit more normalized after the COVID uh, period that people just can work from anywhere and it's actually more cost efficient for loads of companies as well or for themselves too like if you don't need to commute to work be stuck in traffic and you lose that time and that energy goes away from your daily focus contingent if I may say so and things like that so that's really um, for me what success means is the the lifestyle I've built a business around my lifestyle right so it's really up to the people out there what do they want to do like I've met people, they have 100 people employed, same industry. They focus on coaches. They're not happy with the setup. They looked at their numbers and like, oh, we are spending so much money. We don't need all these people. What are we doing? It's like, for mm -hmm. me, that would be my biggest nightmare to have 100 people employed and trying to run the party here. Like, that. I would never do that again, right? So, well, not again. I didn't have 100 people employed, but many, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, there's that. What was your question? Sorry. Yeah, you, you answered it actually, like, you know, but okay. yeah, so I just I ask you, do you see it, like I ask you about your experience, but do you see it now a trend, um, being a solopreneur and more people, by the way, and it's not related to, to geography, it's not related to, to a certain, I would say the demography also as well. Um, but, but are you seeing it as a trend from, from, because you've been doing this for quite some time? Yes, I do. Um, and it's becoming more and more popular. When I first started with this, uh, that was probably 2014. And Digital Nomads, that was like the new word. There was this one German blogger. She blogged about how to become location independent and how to build your business online. And she was like the first who became really big. And then everyone kind of like followed. And the movement just grew and grew and grew. So yes, definitely, because it's so attractive to everyone. Like, why would you not want to go live in Bali? if you can work from here, like why would you sit in Germany in the winter, feel cold, your bones are already hurting because it's so cold 
you're stuck with your car, you can't even drive because it's icy on the roads, things like that. Like, why would you not choose a better life for yourself? It's not just solo, solo people though, right? I have many friends who actually are nomad families as well. So they are yeah. together, they have kids, right? Like they travel around the world in, with their kids because they can. So it's it's also very good um, education for the for the kids. I would say if they if they learn firsthand traveling, what's going on in the world. So yes, definitely the movement is growing a lot bigger and it's becoming a little bit too saturated in my opinion because all I hear is this. <laughs> and I'm living in a, I'm living in a hot spot currently. Like we met in Dubai, but I'm currently based in Bali. So Dubai is very different to Bali, right? Like Dubai is a bit loads of more serious people versus in Bali. It's, a lot more people really focused on this kind of lifestyle. They want to go surf while making their money on the side, things like mm -hmm. that. So I'm kind of like living in a hot spot in the village of, in the capital of coaches, really. In the capital of nomads, that's what they call it. There's even a cafe down the road. It's called Cafe Coach. So, you okay. know, it's like it's two, two years old, I think, that cafe. So it's more and more just really um, businesses are being built around targeted to towards nomads. Co-working spaces left and right. You can see them everywhere. Um, yeah, so many, many destinations make it more attractive for location-independent freelancers, coaches, consultants, any kind of like, and not just that, like also many companies now keep their workers location-independent um, and they can work from anywhere. So it's yeah. really like in general, this movement, yeah. Yeah, so 100%. And I agree with you on the difference in, in between places like Italy or Dubai. But the thing that, I can tell that, yeah, maybe someone go to Bali because they like surfing and all this stuff. But maybe someone who comes to Dubai again, they want to be this, you know, have this independence. I would say, but they like the lifestyle which is over here. So someone might go to, you know, it's not famous, it's not like popular like before because there are a lot of, you know, uh, discussions about what's happening there. But like Lisbon was one of the hot spots as well. Um, you know, multiple places. I think there are a lot of uh, cities and towns in, in Latin America also as well where people like to go. The thing that I, if I can put my two cents here is the reason we see people doing it more because corporate uh, messed up, I would say. And they messed up because people started, especially after COVID and, you know, what is now so-called recession also, People figure out that, oh my God, the company that I thought I'm, you know, gonna retire from, you know, you know, I discovered that I'm just a number in their Excel sheet, right? Yeah. And you know, that the, the first small hiccup that happens, the small, you know, breaking news, which might be true, might not be true, comes up and you see these companies, and we saw it in COVID, by the way, when, when there were like layoffs. While some people were hiring, like Amazon's, you know, and then the, you know, e-commerce business boom. But in some other businesses, there were like layoffs because they thought that everything stopped, but it didn't happen. And now again, we start to see it since last year. I think I'm not sure about current number, but I think we reached, I think we we crossed a million bar of people who were laid off, led off from technology companies. So, yeah, so uh, it's 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 a not only lifestyle, I would say, like if you ask me, it's not about, I mean, you know, because I want to do surfing, but because I don't want to be a number, I want to be me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. That's the actually overall message of my entire, this is the overall message why I do what I do independence, right? Helping people to be more independent, 
not just on location but also like this like if you have if you have a job somewhere and that's like your only source of income and you're taking care of a family for example then why the heck do you not have a backup seriously like please work on a backup like you don't have to build a million dollar coaching or consulting business until tomorrow but you can start on the site and build something really nice which you can rely on whenever your boss says see you later right I, yeah. you know i don't understand this kind of um thinking because now hopefully more people wake up but please people out there wake up more because as you just said you're just a number yeah. one exit right what are you going to one more thing I want to add. I'm not again uh, against like companies. If if you can keep this culture, and I think we will see also this movement of having like small companies, which are like maybe not more than ten, maybe twenty people, which they can be like really friends and family kind of environment. Maybe these guys will survive. I mean, people would would love you know because at the end of the day, we are social creatures. We we need to interact sure. with them with other people we need to have colleagues yeah but i think this big enterprise corporate thing of course they would still exist because you have the googles microsoft all these guys of course they they these companies will still exist but we will see more solopreneurs and we will see like group of entrepreneurs let's call them now like this hanging out together so this is my sure. own thing uh, uh, yeah tina you want to add something what I ask for sure uh, yeah yeah I really want to touch on this really quick uh that's so important that you said that about having colleagues and things that's a very big discussion in my um in my community where more people are like me like solopreneurs working from home or having a tiny team and not seeing them because they're all remote working remote it definitely is tough at times like you by yourself like you don't have an office with colleagues right like there's always like pros and cons to all the situations, right? Like, yes, it's nice to have colleagues and to socialize with them if if you get along. <laughs> so yes. obviously there's, also, there's also scenarios where people hate to go to the office because they hate their co-workers, right? But they're stuck in the office or wherever job. But, but no. genuinely speaking, the idea of human interaction is very important and it's a very big problem um, in this kind of scene where I'm, where I'm in. Um, so you really have to be proactive in going out and meeting people like we did, right? Like I went uh, to this um, networking event in Dubai where I met you. So, you know, maybe I wouldn't need to do all of these things if I would just have my stable social circle around me, around the block and uh, from work and things like that. But that's, I think, being proactive is also a bit of a value or a um, trait of an entrepreneur anyway. So, but it is definitely a big thing you should consider if you at some point are thinking about taking the leap of leaving your job, if you have one, yeah. or maybe you're already an entrepreneur and you work from home by yourself and you can very much relate. So I'd encourage you to now pull up um, meetup.com and <laughs> schedule your next meeting so that you just get some human interaction because it's so important. It can feel yeah, lonely sometimes, for sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. And all you can do something which I did you find a buddy, right? and, and this buddy is like you, and then you sit together, and then you start to brainstorm. You do all this, right? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tina, as we come to to close to the end, um, anything you wish I asked you, and how do you answer? I mean, I could talk with you for hours about all of these topics. So, um, I don't know. I think it was a quite good conversation. Was thank you so much for having me. Um, I hope it was useful for your listeners. Um, and uh, I don't know if they have any questions. Wherever you're going to post this, just pop them in the chat below, I would say. 
<laughs> yes. We could, uh, where they can find more about you? Because I gotta put this in the this. Where they can okay. Find I, um, I probably send you a link. Where's all my links? But Tina Darman, my name dot com or CoachMarketingUp dot com or I will put that. My channels, my YouTube channels, and things like that. You put it there if anyone is interested in talking about any of that stuff. You can hit me up. Okay, great. I will make sure of that. And thank you very much for being with me today, Tina. I really appreciate the time. I know like we have a very tight schedule over there. Um, and uh, as Tina mentioned, if you have a question for her or for me, you can always reach out. And this is the way actually I add every episode. If you have question, feedback, good or bad, I don't mind. I like the bad feedbacks, by the way. So hit me with them. And let's discuss. You can find me on LinkedIn where I'm most active. You can find me on Twitter. And you can send me an email also as well. And if you are interested to be a guest, same how Tina was a guest with me today, don't be shy, reach out. And as you can see, I can accommodate different time zones. I have guys from the US, guys from the UK and Europe. I have people, you are the second guest from, from uh, Bali, by the way, Tina. I had guests from New Zealand, which is on the other side of the world. No problem. I can accommodate the time to do coding because the mission of the CTO show Although it's like a kind of a technical name, but the goal is how to empower young entrepreneurs, maybe in tech, maybe in other businesses, but we want to empower as much as possible. This is why we have guests from different backgrounds, from different fields. So if you are interested, get in touch with me to be guests with me. Uh, we are trying to get the best of the best, and I'm hopeful that I'm succeeding in this. Well, thank you very much for tuning in today. As I said, you will find you know, the links um, that Tina mentioned in the description. If you are listening on the favorite podcasting platform, you will find the description. If you are watching this on YouTube, you will also find it in the description. And until we meet next time, thank you very much and see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Hit that subscribe button. Share the show with your tech-savvy friends and fellow entrepreneurs. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us.